Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us from the line right now is Robert Larson. He joins us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. I think you went on a little trip or something. Yeah, I went to Galt. It's G-U-L-T, and it was a family reunion, and um, I, I was learning that Satan hides everywhere, even between uh, the words of a Bible verse. Anyways, in the um, in the Mojave Desert, there's a, a water company named uh, Cadez, I guess is how it's said. It's, incorporated, it's an incorporation. And it has a water mining operation it wants to do to harvest water from an aquifer. The shady part of this whole thing is the amount of uh, water they'll refurbish from the aquifer. Uh, and they have a train ride to get around the regulations. This is a, like only in the Inland Empire, right? Yeah, this is... Uh yeah, in the Mojave Desert, northeast of uh, my area here in Temecula. But it's, yeah, it's kind of, I, I noticed this story in the uh, local paper. And actually, there's like a really cool artist conception of this train they want to build out in the desert, this classic steam train, which kind of looks pretty cool. It's kind of fanciful. I, I like it. I'm like, wow, I'd go check that out. But then I started reading the whole story of what this is all about. But it's the... Uh, Cadiz Incorporated, that's C-A-D-I-Z. I think the name comes from, there's actually a town of Cadiz out in that area, but uh, they want to harvest water, take it out of one of these aquifers there, which people do that, and you know sell it to whatever water district and make money off it. And But the thing is that there are regulations about doing that because the aquifers are replenished at a certain rate that People that study that know whatever you know the rate is, but the Cadiz Incorporated Company uh, is sort of like the the charge is that they've been inflating what that rate of uh, refilling the aquifer, the natural rate is, so that oh naturally it replenishes one million acre feet a year, so we can take that much, you know that that kind of thing, but actually it's way less. So they, there's a regulatory body that studies this kind of thing, and they have to get an okay to do all of this. But so what they're trying to do to get around the regulations is that they came up with this scheme. People are calling it a scheme. Maybe they're very above board. I don't know, but it's being uh, charged that way. But the scheme where they would build uh, this sort of classic museum-type train thing there there's a train track right away and so they would build this and put in this old-fashioned steam train and give people rides and it would be all old-fashioned and actually it kind of sounds interesting to me but the reason for that is that if you are doing building your pipeline along the train right away you have a whole different set of regulations which is more in uh, line with their <laughs> desires and so there are people are saying, wait a second, this is a little shady. So that's going on. I guess the National Park Service is uh, one of the people charging that they you know, wouldn't, the water wouldn't be replenished as fast as Cadiz is saying it would be. And uh, anyway, so it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I hope if the plan is approved that they do limit their uh, harvesting of the water to that which could actually be replenished. And I would actually go for a ride on the train. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Disneyland out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah, but and they actually have a, a train they've already, I think, purchased a locomotive that is a uh, 
uh, you know, a 1927 locomotive, which oh wow, I, I like trains enough to where I'd go to check that out. Yeah, I love. The, I actually I love the attorneys that found that loophole in the law. Well, if you have a train by underneath the aquifer or above the aquifer, you can take as much water as you want. That yeah, yeah, I thought it, it actually yeah, it was pretty clever. But uh, we'll we'll see if they get away with it. Yeah, it sounds almost sounds like Mr. Burns is behind this plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, speaking about plots, it seems like the plot to shut down the government has succeeded, uh, and it definitely has. Um, uh, consequences of the shutdown, although the army and the navy and I think the air force played their football games last week because uh, the Congress passed a supplemental to keep those games intact. There's a local concert, and uh, the Marine Band concert was canceled due to the government shutdown. How many people are disappointed about this? Well, quite a few. I mean, especially in Canyon Lake, this is where they're going to have, have this annual concert. And Canyon Lake's a, a pretty nice community. It's an artificial lake that all these homes are built around it. And it's uh, they people pay a fair amount in association fees to live there. And it's, uh, it's a pretty nice area. And they have actual couple of beaches there on the lake, and people go there and play volleyball and do all kinds of other things. But they have this annual Marine concert, which is, uh, you know, it's the Marine Band from Camp Pendleton. And it's just, nope, can't do it this year because of the government shutdown. And so there's uh, one of the people involved with putting the show on was talking to them and sort of in negotiations. And they were saying, well, if you could provide transportation for us, we could send the band over it's like we don't have the funding for the transportation so they kind of agreed to do that but then the next day they got a call from uh, the department of department of defense saying that they could not perform off base and so and they said it was because of the government shutdown so it's kind of a sad thing i mean just one of the many things that's uh, a victim of this major major stupidity or just criminality on this government shutdown and that, that, as well as our beloved Joshua Tree, just slightly northeast of here, has closed down. Yeah. Well, the national parks are grabbing all the headlines because you have tourists from France going, oh, we can't do our honeymoon. Yeah, that's because we have a stupid uh, <laughs> governing uh, system right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on from that, uh, apparently in Temecula, guns are stolen from a gun store. Uh, how many and how much firepower did they have? You know, there's the uh, Turner's Outdoorsman. You know, it's kind of a typical gun store thing. It's pretty popular out here in Temecula. I think that's a chain. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But it, it always seems, uh, uh, seems like there's a lot of cars in the parking lot whenever I've gone by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, people do love their guns out here. But, yeah, this uh, happened a few days ago. Uh, deputies were called out uh, shortly after 1 a.m. to a burglary alarm. And they uh, uh, four burglars uh, uh, who appeared to be in their early 20s were apprehended. And uh, they got, you know, so, I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I think they got the guns back and everything, but it's just like, you know, people love their guns so much out here, they sometimes don't even want to have to pay for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like it, kind of paraphrasing an old Phil Hartman line from News Radio, you know, guns being used to rob a gun store, delicious, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we'll leave off in Temecula. We'll leave off in that city. They have three high schools. Great Oak is considered the best due to standardized test scores all come out higher in that school. So this results in all the parents thinking it's a better school and they want to send their kids there. But now there's overcrowding where uh, Great Oak, I think, has 900, 950 people in one class while the other two have that number combined. Uh, so they shut it down. What's the parents' reaction to that? Well, yeah, I think a lot of parents are upset because they want to sort of storm uh, Great Oak, want to send all their kids there. But it's just this kind of weird thing. I, I'm around town here a lot and talk to a lot of people in the community, and you you just get this weird feeling from parents that they all believe that Great Oak is the prime school, and I don't want to send my kid to Temecula Valley or to Chaparral. And, and you know you wonder what is this notion based on that the great Oak is the superior school. Well, I guess they score higher on standardized testing, but you and I know standardized testing leaves a lot to be desired as any like real indicator of a school's value. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, but uh, they're using that whole weird uh, metric. And then there's just this other kind of feeling that it, that Temecula Valley and Chaparral have a lot more criminality or sort of like delinquent uh, students there. And I, I don't know how much that's based in reality, but I know a lot of kids that go to Chaparral and they go to Temecula Valley and they're fine. They're, they're great kids and they do well. And they. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know, parents are a little just weird sometimes and they are so extreme about, oh, my kid's got to go to the best school, even if it's not really the best school, but they just want to feel that they're doing every last little thing they can do to make sure their kid has every single advantage. And I, I, it just kind of bothers me a lot. Instead of just being proud of the community that you actually live in and to actually send your kid to the school that's in your neighborhood and working and getting involved in PTA or whatever and trying to make the school better instead of like, you know, oh, I'm going to send my kid halfway across town. Uh, and our signal does cross into modern day territory. So we're looking at you too there. Um, but yeah, a lot of, you know, learning and uh, making sure you're, that your kids are academically, uh, I don't know, prepared for the next level or whatever that may be. A lot of that is on the family and extended family. I mean, to me, it seems like your environment at home has a lot more to do with your, uh, you know, achievement in school than it does, and, and subsequently, than it does um, what high school you go to. Right, right. And I mean, I think even going what college you go to, too, is like it doesn't mean, just because it's a better rated school doesn't mean you're getting a better education. Oh, yeah are often quite successful at schools that are not rated on any of these lists. But, uh, yeah, so that, that the, what Great Oak has had to do is um, actually shut down their enrollment because uh, there were so many kids trying to enroll in the freshman class, 1,300. Com uh, wait, no, it's... I thought it was like 900 or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was 900 compared to to 1300 for Temecula Valley and Chaparral combined. So, I mean, if you divide that, it's like, you know, 700 at each of those schools compared to like 900 at Great Oak. So, yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, and I hear it just because I'm in the community. I hear it all the time. This this weird idea that Great Oak is so much better, and <laughs> I, I know kids that go to all the schools, and you know, I don't get any feeling that there is any difference really. And oh, these these are Great Oak kids, and these are Chaparral kids. You know, there's no. It's just silliness, I think. Yeah, it is. And at the college level, the way the silliness manifests is like celebrity graduations and the football team. Like, I think when USC went on their run with like Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard, they had an increase in enrollment. And then the other weird one is uh, celebrity graduations. Like, uh, CU up in Colorado, their film program was like, nah, so so. But once Trey Parker and Matt Stone graduated from there, then it became more people applied there and same thing with csu long beach with steven spielberg yeah, you know and everybody wants to be part of what they think is uh, is trending or part of where uh i mean it's just such celebrity worship in our <laughs> country and it's i oh it's just sad instead of people really like taking a deep look at something and kind of like finding a place that is good on a really deep level yeah it, it whatever works for them you know and so i'm sure there's a lot of parents that you know go to great stresses to drive all the way to great oak when you know they would be better served staying on their community and making friends that are closer to their house because you never know what a friendship can lead to so yeah yeah so it's it's just sad to me it is really sad so uh on that sad note we'll leave off with robert larson he joins us from the other side of the cleveland national forest every tuesday morning on the Heather McCoy Show, and thanks for being on the show this morning, Robert. Thank you, Heather. It's my pleasure. Yeah, and this is, of course, the Heather McCoy Show. <laughs>